Hello, everyone. Welcome to Anyway, That's All I Got, your weekly spin-off show of Cinemaholics where we talk about movies and occasionally try to sound like we know what we're talking about. I'm your host, Sam Nolan. Who the hell are you? I am Anthony, and I'm here to talk about movies. <laughs> oh, and there's a lot to get to today. Hey, you. I'm you? Jason. I'm here to talk about the stuff we were assigned to watch uh, the past past couple weeks. That's right. And you did some of your homework. <laughs> I did some of it. I'm not one of them. Uh, before we go any further, we have a special guest this weekend to help us break down this monolith of a topic. Uh, please welcome to our show, Jack Muldoon. Jack, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing great. It's, it's wonderful to have you here. And uh, we're having you here because, as you can probably tell by the title of this episode, unless I decided to get cheeky, uh, we're talking about the MCU, Phase 1 and 2. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, Infinity War comes out probably like at midnight tonight or whatever it is. Uh, and so we, we want to break down the entire franchise. And it's a big franchise. We decided to do a, a two-parter. So today is just, is just focused on Iron Man 1 all the way through Age of Ultron. And also, I should mention... Uh, that this is our monthly crossover episode on the Cinemaholics feed. How does Indeed. it feel? It's yes. it's good to be back. We're back. Yes. We're back. We are. I can feel it. We yeah. have returned. It's been a little while. We're back on the feed. Uh, we hope that uh, this inspires uh, some of you, some of you fans of our show, to go over to our other feed. We do have our own feed now. Uh, just it's just the name of this show. Anyway, that's all I got. Entirely. Punctuation and all. Punctuation. We got a comma and a and an apostrophe. We're sophisticated. Yeah. If you want to listen to part two, you got you you got to go over and li- and find our other show. That'll be next week. But yes. for this week, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some superhero movies. Yes. Some zoopers. We got we got eleven films to get to. So uh, let's sort of let's sort of get into it. Uh, the MCU is. Crazy. It's like, it's like an absolute, uh, you know, juggernaut and everything. And it's got, you know, as I said, there are 19 films over 10 years and there's a 20th to come out later. Uh, most of which are generally sort of liked. Yeah, they're they're pretty well received from fans for least. for the most part. Yeah. Uh, what are what are your guys sort of general impressions of the MCU? Jack, you're our guest. What do you think specifically in regards to Phase One and Two? In Phase One and Two, I really um, I liked it, but I don't like it. I mean, I like Phase Three way more, but Phase One and Two are like kind of amazing for setting up the ground <laughs> rules for everything and establishing the whole universe. Yeah. It's really interesting to watch because this is like a moment in cinematic history, right? Like this is going to be taught in like film (laughs) classes like 20 years from now. Yeah. Where it's like, like this is the Westerns of our time period basically, which are of course hugely influential back then, Mm -hmm. which we talk about now. So. Oh, I don't think these will last quite as long as Westerns did. I know. I mean, I don't think as long. I think their legacy will for sure. The legacy will last. Legacy will last. Already has a legacy. It's amazing. Jason, what about you? I'm tired of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I, now, there's, there's, a, you'll hear me. Uh, you'll hear which ones I like. But overall, man, I'm kind of tired of these movies. Yeah, I agree. To be honest, um, yeah. that's fair. They, they keep, they keep making these, these bomb ass trailers that just get me in the seat, and then I just get so disappointed oh God, every time. Infinity War trailers, <laughs> like, so good. That first, it really is. It's got me, uh, but I just keep getting disappointed they, by them. They reel you in, and you keep they keep uh-huh. throwing you back into the water. Yeah, the and then I go everything. home, and I'm like, I don't need this universe. This is this is stupid. And, and then three months later, you're like, and okay, then someone comes out, and then uh, 
It yeah. works, but I could do without them. A lot of people do think it has hit kind of a saturation point. It's like, can we please talk about something else? Yeah. I mean, my tapping out point has always been Infinity War. <laughs> like, not for like, like in terms of like catching up on news and stuff like that. Like, it's always been Infinity War. If I hear like one of the movies is exceptionally good, I'm of course going to go see it. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm really interested in one, yeah, that's, I'm going to go that's see how it. I, but I'm not going to go sure. and see every one like I have in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Anthony, what are some of your general thoughts? Yeah, I am also kind of um, marbled out, <laughs> but yet somehow I still find enjoyment. Uh, I haven't, I hadn't seen them all until we decided to do this episode, and I surprisingly had a good time watching most of these. Um, like some of these movies are pretty all right, yeah, um, and <laughs> pretty solid, yeah, pretty all right. <laughs> I mean, like I give, I give. If you look on my letterbox, there are a lot of average ratings. Yeah. But with a couple exceptions, like, you know, we'll talk about them. But overall, I think they're, they're fun. But I, to me, to me, what, what I, what gets me is when people go, Oh, just, just watch them and enjoy them for what they are. Yeah. But there, there has to be a, that's not an excuse. There has to be a limit to suspension of disbelief. Yeah. I agree with a lot of the points that you brought up. I think it's, as enjoyable as they are, and they are enjoyable. They, they are. are very, for the most part, fun there, to watch. There is fun to be had. They're easy watches. I think it's okay to ask for more. I think it's fine that we demand exactly. more. And for that reason, I tend to fixate more on the characters. You'll notice in a lot of the points I'm going to bring up, um, I rarely talk about like the action scenes beyond just, and yeah, it's fun to watch, and it's a spectacle and everything. Uh, I love this sort of idea of having a long-form franchise where you can tell arcs over multiple movies and i think recently they've really started to get a handle on that Uh, and even early on i think some of the some of the primary characters are really it's really really fun to watch how they how they grow over like over multiple movies and as as sort of i'm going to use this word and it's maybe not the best word but as pretentious as it is to say that uh you have to see sort of all this preamble before seeing this new movie. I think it. I think it pays off a lot of the time. It does. I think it's. I think it's really good to see how something, some big blockbusters can have characters. And if you listen to interviews with the writers, they're not just there to put people in a trance and have them enjoy it. They're actually trying to write good characters, and a lot of times they succeed. They really do. Sometimes they don't. They really don't. <laughs> and we are, and we're definitely gonna gonna recognize what they Malekith. Do. Malekith. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to we'll get to Malekith. Uh, and so, and for that reason, it's it can be viewed as kind of obnoxious. Like when you go in when you go into one of these and you haven't seen all the precursor pre uh, predecessors. You're kind of rolling the dice. Like, am I going to get this? Is it going to make sense without having seen the other movies? And some of them do. Some of them do not. Some of them, in order to fully get it, you do have to see what came before. Which some people say is worth it. I personally do, but it's... it's. I can appreciate the backlash. I think as, you know, you know, we're movie buffs, as, we, as story buffs... You want that full scope. You, you're okay with sitting through hours. Like I rewatched all of these in three days. You watch them even quicker. Um, Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I just really like sitting down and watching them. Yeah. But I think for someone who's just more of a passive moviegoer, yeah, probably probably a little harder to get to all. Of them. It's air quote turn your brain off material. Yeah. Um, 
which which I've always had a bit of a problem, but that's that's another topic. Uh, so let's let's get into the movies, and we'll say, um, spoiler alert, as if it matters. Yeah. Like if if you really care and are interested, and you haven't seen them, we'll then we'll we'll say spoilers specifically. You know, at the really big moments, we won't go out of our way to give away the big stuff, but we're not yeah. going to shy away from saying exactly. stuff that happens. Because I mean, Iron Man came out a long time ago. Yeah, Tony <laughs> Stark is Iron Man. What? Oh my god! Oh, you guys didn't. Know. I hadn't seen it. Don Cheadle is Terrence Howard. Did you? Know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so let's get into it. So the year is two thousand eight. Um, and it's sort of at a point where we get like two to three comic book movies a year, which nowadays sounds like nothing, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Like two to three. Please. That, that's nothing. But it was sort of at a time Batman and Robin really sort of killed the comic book a movie industry for a good half decade. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until probably Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Yeah. say defeated, but sure. It was. It, it was, harmed it. Yeah. <laughs> they were sort of viewed as. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Lesser, sort of a lesser genre. It wasn't until Spider-Man that it was sort of. It sort of announced to the world like, no, this can be quality stuff. And yeah. everyone was like, okay, we're fine with this. And. In the year 2008, I think is a really important turning point in terms of comic book movies because it's the time when comic book movies started to increase, not just in quantity, but in quality. Definitely. And it was, it, and it started slow because this is the year that Iron Man was released. It's also the year The Incredible Hulk was released, which we'll get to that. <laughs> but, uh, we're going to talk about Iron Man first because it came out May of 2008, if I'm not mistaken. And Iron Man 1, I, most people agree, sort of remains the er example of an MCU movie that is great. Not just good, but great. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everybody loves it. Jack, do you want to kick us off? Oh, our special guest? The first Iron Man movie is so good. <laughs> like, it doesn't deserve to even be that good, but it just, it handles, like, really big topics, even for, like, the first movie in a whole franchise. And it, and then it, it has a whole character arc with Tony Stark. It, that's still one of the most solid character arcs in the entire franchise. That continued throughout today. Multiple and then that they not only took that, but they ran with it into the other Iron Man movies, of course. Right. Yeah, but it, it, I mean that movie was something else, man. Now, to be fair, this was before they knew the MCU was going to happen. Yeah, this, this right. was basically a really expensive this experiment. Was, yeah. yeah, it was an experiment. Yeah. They were like, I don't know, we'll put something in there about Nick Fury, and if nothing happens, exactly. then nothing happens. Yeah. I think yeah. it's one of the best ones because they didn't really have to worry about everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. It's because they just focused on him, because that's my main problem with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is yeah. that they try to put too too much stuff yeah. in it. And the the ones where they really focus on on pretty much one person are the best ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. one person or like one small group of people mm-hmm. where it's not going out of its way to tie mm-hmm. into other things. Yeah, uh, we'll get to some of those <laughs> in a moment. I one exception, say, uh, the Hulk. So. Uh, so, all right, well, that's gonna be all. Um, it's amazing, and not to give too much away, but of all the movies we're going to talk about, this one is my favorite. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's my number one top three. Uh, it's, it's up there. It's top my list. top three. Yeah, it's so, my top three. Yeah, awesome. I'm uh, worst part about this movie, Terrence Howard. Yeah, the, best, the, best, the best move that the cinematic universe ever made was replacing Terrence Howard because well, yeah, with specifically Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle is great. 
Oh, yeah. Terrence Howard is... Yeah. Like, we'll get to Don Cheadle, though. I mean, I, that, that's something that I think progressed really well throughout yeah. the series, is that their casting choices really got... Well, mm-hmm. especially for... Like, Tony Stark mm-hmm. and Robert... at being Robert Downey Jr. is amazing, because that's literally who Robert Downey Jr. is Yeah, they did a, a good person. job. Yeah. I think it's an amazing narrative to have this character who's a brash, young, spoiled, rich kid who sees the world for what it really is and then goes on a mission to use his advantages for good. I think it's magnificent. Yeah, there's like real, you know, themes in this movie, but yeah. they they make it entertaining at the same time. It's sort of this it's like a dismantling of this sort of masculine jingoism that sort of was permeating throughout a lot of the 2000s and I think and it's it's really understated. It's not in your face about anything because mm-hmm. it's also it's freaking Iron Man. It's awesome like yeah. it's a metal dude with a with a bunch of missiles and everything who can fly that imagery of him is uh doing the like with his arms out as mm-hmm. he explodes a mountain range behind him <laughs> is still one of the best shots in the MCU to date like yeah it's, well this is this is also one of the most grounded movies of mm-hmm. the entire MCU yeah because the suit feels normal it's you know he he Tony Stark has a flip phone in the beginning of this movie. Like, <laughs> well, it's 2000. The technology, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and then in Iron Man 2, which is only a couple years later, they they throw all that aside and they not like the lasers. Exactly. <laughs> but to be fair, I mean that's what happened to technology. Like we no, but they, that, they got ridiculous. With oh yeah. And I'll bring the I'll so, bring the, those points later. But like the grounded stuff, like the suit feels real in this. Yeah, movie. yeah. Isn't this one directed by John Favreau? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So. Every Marvel movie where they have a very solid director has been good. Yeah. It's, it's, they, Marvel's had an interesting relationship with directors. We'll sort of get into that more with phase two. But you, you mentioned that Terrence Howard's a big problem. I would actually say Jeff Bridges is sort of the weak point. For I, me. I mean, like, yeah. I like, kind of like Jeff Bridges. Jeff were we supposed to be just guys that just the bad guy? I don't know what we're supposed to feel because he's, he's obviously the bad he's guy. He's like this father. See figure? the way he was playing golf? Scary, <laughs> man. <laughs> He's like this father figure slash business associate of Tony who's motivated by greed and power. And he's able to pursue that because of, you know, his authority as. And I'm fine with all that. Even the weird Ten Rings association he has. What turns me off is that the entire movie is building to nothing but a bizarro fight scene. It's just Iron Man versus bigger Iron Man. See, and I think. And there's no emotional connection to it. I think that was a little bit. um, They tried with the emotion a little bit there towards the end where he's like, maybe I'm, I'm gonna, I'm trying to, I'm kicking you out Stark and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I just didn't feel it. You know, I thought if they had really played up that sort of like how these people have known each other for a long time, I think that could have helped. If that's my biggest problem with the movie, I think it's, it's still really solid. Yes. Great and, characterization of Tony. And it's still revered to this day. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. It holds up really, really well. <sighs> Well, Good speaking of the transition, speaking of great. Okay, <laughs> so all right, this. so a month later, uh, another movie came out. And a month later, a month later. Whoa! Yes, it's, it's, it's t- to this day, fastest turnover rate between yeah, two wow. installments, which is so strange. But and that's it, also because they kind of weren't planning it, right? Like, well, sort of. They it was both. It was Marvel Studios, but they sort of had a vague idea of connecting them. So uh, we're right. talking about, of course, the Incredible Hulk. Nothing incredible about it. Which many believe How to be <laughs> the worst installment of the MCU, and they're completely right. Now, see, the weird thing about this is I remember, as a child, really enjoying this movie. Yep, you're not alone. I have not seen it since, but I remember really 
kind of liking it when I was little. I remember being a little bit bored by the action, yeah. even as a kid. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I thought the Hulk was... He looked cool. <laughs> Abomination did, looked cool. The, the CGI does look does hold up kind of well for the Hulk. Like yeah. there's some shots Maybe. where it's like ah, Maybe. but then it's like like the the stagnant Hulk shots of Hulk alone are pretty good. Like they're <laughs> yeah. they're pretty much the MCU Hulk still with Mark Ruffalo. If I anything, I think cash. he's gotten more cartoonish yeah. with Mark Ruffalo. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just don't like the Hulk a yeah. little bit. It well, it's hard to create a, a narrative around this. You know, ape type creature. Outside yeah. of comic books, it's really difficult. Yeah. Because, yeah. Okay. So a lot of people have made the joke that oh, it should be the abominable Hulk because the abomination. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think you made that exact joke in your review. <laughs> in my review, I was like, oh, the abomination. Good, good way to describe the movie. Okay. Now I have a spiel. I have a rant. I'm going to get into <laughs> for it. So I'd like everyone else to get. Do, do they have any other thoughts? Hey, what's the best part of the movie quiz? Quiz. If there's a definitive answer, and oh, I told you this. So that Ed Norton's in it. No, you mean the silly part where Tim Roth gets kicked by the Hulk and goes into the tree? Is it all you got? And then he's still not dead. Nope. <laughs> he's oh, totally dead. Come on, guys. Ragdolls into the tree. It's so good. It's he's, the best part of that dead. movie. He's so definitive dead. Definitive best part. I have to look that up. I suppose so. Go, go, go for it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the Hulk is this character, and I've always thought, I've never read the comics, but I know the stories, and from what I've heard, it's a great story about what it means to sort of accept your lot in life and do the best you can, be the best person you can, despite any demons or vices you may have. I think that's a really cool idea for a story. The Incredible Hulk is the most ill-conceived possible way of handling Bruce Banner I can possibly imagine it it tries to it tries to bypass the entire origin story in this bizarre bland vague opening credit sequence that are like schizophrenic editing and by the time it all ends all you really know for sure is that the Hulk exists that's all you can get out of that opening and from there it just sucks it doesn't seem like there was any like collaboration between the director and the actors whatsoever. Like I get the sense that the director just said, okay, here's your line, look into the camera, say this and sound kind of sad. And that's it. That's your entire motivation. And that's what it seems like because every performance in this is maudlin and uninspired. And I can't even tell if they're miscast because they're given absolutely nothing to work with. And it's obnoxious and it's so detached from any human emotion or from any notion of what makes this character interesting there's one scene in this that makes me realize why i despise this movie and it's when Liv tyler and edward norton are in this like a motel room or something and Liv tyler holds up these purple shorts and norton scoffs at it and is like huh, i would never wear those i would never lower myself to that it's such a weird wolverine moment for yeah that character and what i get out of that is that it's the movie is saying you know that source material that beloved source material the comics the tv show whatever it is that everyone loves we're better than that oh we're better than that we wouldn't lower ourselves we wouldn't stoop down to <laughs> to purple shorts and yet this is a movie made up of just visual noise they're cardboard cutout characters. They have sound cannons that they bring in to incapacitate the Hulk. The antagonists are just nothing but macho military guys. And it all ends with just another bizarro fight sequence. Yeah, second movie in a row where the bad guy tries to create 
a different version of the good guy to fight the good guy. Car fist. Yeah. And it just goes hurt more or less. Are they like it boxing wouldn't work. gloves? No, or? It's, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on. And it's just the most bland, standard, globe-trotting action adventure. You get your three action sequence. You get your vague attempts at character moments. And it just has this ego and the superiority about it, which is despicable. And it's so disrespectful <laughs> of not just the source material, but of the audience. Oh, we need something. We need a MacGuffin. What is it? Our data. What's it data of? Doesn't matter. It's a flash drive and we need it. Bruce Banner is That's smart. How do we, how do we know that? How do we know Bruce Banner is smart? Be- because he puts on reading glasses one time to <laughs> fix a, a busted generator or something. And that's all we need to know. It's just a nothing movie. Liv Tyler, generic love interest. William Hurt, generic unmotivated villain. Tim Roth, somehow even more generic unmotivated villain. <laughs> Tim Blake Nelson, generic Tim Blake Nelson. spazzy mad scientist. Yes. I don't remember that. Well. And they tease that he's going to be this big villain. And yeah, what, and that never happens. comes of it. Like, because he has like an open wound and some of like the Hulk juice seeps in there and his face starts moving and deforming and then nothing Tim. happens. We never see him again. Yeah. He'll never make another single Hulk movie. Good. It was so bad. Oh, gosh. It's, it's at the very most, the very most, it hints at good ideas, but it never explores them. And it doesn't seem like it has any intention of exploring them. We're expected to just passively subject ourselves to it and watch it and not care about how unmotivated or uninteresting it is. And and when I was a kid, I did. Like you, Jason, I was fine with it. I was like, hey, it's the Hulk, whatever. Is that all you got? It's such a... His back went like that. Oh, my god, Against the tree. It is such a nothing movie. And it's just terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, it's a bad movie. It is the worst MCU movie by light years. And the only reason it's still remembered today is because... Technically, it still counts yeah. as part of the universe. My, my biggest issue with it is the fact that they just can't, all, all throughout MCU, even the new movies, they can't seem to get the character of the Hulk right. Like, we need rules I on how the Hulk works. say that, I mean, the Hulk has always worked by he gets stronger, how the angrier he See, gets. See, but in this, movie, in this movie, it's the hornier he gets. Like, he's, he's, yeah, trying, he's trying yeah. to make out with Liv Tyler. This he's like, like, oh, I can't get too excited. This is the Hulk movie. The Mark Ruffalo Hulk is Even that, good. though. Well, I'll talk about that when we get to Avengers, but this movie gets, his, gets the rules wrong. Like, it, oh, yeah. is it just heart rate or is it anger? Like... Can he watch a Hitchcock movie and get, like, <laughs> uncomfortable, and then will he freak out? Like, it can't just be any emotion other than bland that you keep your Hulk at. He has to be angry. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's got to it's gotta matter. He's got to be angry. It, they, got, they get that wrong so many times. Yeah. It, it does have to matter. The Hulk is a character they've struggled with a long time. Yeah. Uh, we got to move on. But suffice it to say, none of us care about this movie at no. all. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. Uh, let's move on to something that looks... Amazing by comparison. Iron Man 2. Oh my uh, goodness. So what happened was that I believe sometime in late 2008 or early 2009, um, Marvel Studios gave the green light to go ahead with essentially the Avengers initiative. Say, yeah, go ahead. See what you can do. See if you can tie all these things together. They were like, oh, great. So we could start putting a bunch of teasers in Iron Man 2. And I think it's unfortunate. I, th- I honestly think this movie gets kind of a bad rap. 
Um, uh, can I say something about this movie? Yeah, sure. All right. So when I was a kid, I hated this movie. I thought it was one of the, I thought it was worse than The Incredible Hulk. Not because I hated The Incredible Hulk as a kid, but because The Incredible Hulk to me was enjoyable as a kid because it was an easy plot of good guy, bad guy chases good guy, good guy wins. And Iron Man 2, people are all over the place. <laughs> There's so much stuff happening. Yeah. There's company corporations. There's <laughs> metaphors about drone warfare. The Russians are there. It gets nuts. And my little idiot baby brain couldn't comprehend it. So I just assumed that like half the movie was missing, but I rewatched it last night and I was like, this is a really good movie. Like, this is up there with the first Iron Man. I just couldn't comprehend well, it. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but I definitely appreciate it. it. It's it's a movie with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And that's where people sort of, it tends to kind of lose people. It just is juggling so many subplots. And really, in like the second act, you all you that all starts to come together. It's tying up so many loose ends and just so many things are going on. I find that I just surrender myself to it, honestly. Oh, yeah, no. I just sort of am watching it like, Okay, that's I. I See, give I, up. I I tried to do that, but I couldn't get past just really Mickey Rourke's accent or <laughs> dude, like, come on, dude. Mickey Rourke will say something in Russian and then he'll say it again in English, but the English make more less sense than yeah. what he said in a different language. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous, and it's, <laughs> he's got a fantastic yell. Yeah, in the movie. The only yeah. thing I enjoyed about this, like, it's a fun movie. The action's pretty okay. Yeah. And um, it's the, the there's the character advancement with Tony, which yeah. is really good. That's what I like. But the really, my favorite part was that it gives a proper introduction to Nick Fury. Yep. And Black Widow shows up and kicks ass. And right. And is War Machine. <laughs> yeah. I, she's it's kind of objectified. Yeah. I yeah, but she's kind of gross. It's yeah, but thing. she okay. establishes herself gross. as the awesome that was that my point yeah, that she but, sta- it wasn't just that they did yeah, sort of over sexualize yeah. her I'll give him that but it wasn't just oh she's hot and that's it she yeah, did establish true. her they yeah. did establish her as yes. an actual person I and suppose she so. has implications with that end with when she's she, a person who kicks ass who just happens to be yeah really and she's also a spy and I yeah. mean, typically, spies have always used their sex to their advantage. Yeah. Like yeah. James Especially Bond these, you know, that. Russian kind of underground spies. Like, that's a big Although thing. I don't know how anyone found Pierce Bronson. <laughs> 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 well, here's the thing. Okay, so this, this is how I look at uh, Black Widow in this movie. Is that, so we have Coulson and we have Nick Fury. And here's an opportunity to sort of introduce a new person into this sort of S.H.I.E.L.D. roster that we're sort of slowly building up throughout these movies. And... The fact that the first scene that she's in, what it all boils down to is Tony saying, I want one, yeah. is hideous to me. She and I did think, kick the shit out of Happy, but yeah, she I did. could probably kick the shit out of Happy. So. <laughs> because, well, because to me, it's, it seems like it's all just boiling down to that whole male gaze thing, you know? Like, I here's, disagree. Here's Scarlett Johansson. Isn't she nice to look at? And indeed, she is very <laughs> nice to look at. But I think it's okay to ask for more. I disagree. I think, yeah. yes... That I want one, bad line. Yeah. But I do not think she is a male gaze character in this movie at all. Mm. Because yeah, because if anything, it's a ploy. Because she she shows she's the assistant a lot. She shows up. She's like and then she becomes Gwyneth Paltrow's assistant, Pepper's assistant, and then um, she we see her in these like kind of provocative outfits. But then we get a the the twist at the end, and it's not just like um, oh let's give this 
female action star some action. No, she has purpose and it's real action. It's really, really good action. Yeah, um, I suppose. But I agree with what you're saying. I just action. think that other thing overshadows. But it, it, but I don't think that was the intention. I don't think she was there just to be awkward. Yeah, perhaps. Also, but during, that's what it comes across. As. During that scene, they were not just focusing on Scarlett Johansson. Actually, a large part of that scene is dedicated to Tony Stark being a scumbag and looking through all her profiles on Facebook and Instagram and all that. Right. And then like scrolling through like the modeling of her and Gwyneth Paltrow being disgusted by him. <laughs> because this is not Pepper Potts. This is Gwyneth Paltrow reacting to the movie in real time. <laughs> Apparently, she uh, Gwyneth Paltrow actually was really rude to uh, Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, isn't she just known as a rude person? Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> that's a shame. And I will say that uh, Scarlett Johansson's action in every single movie is the exact same thing. She runs up to one, one or two bad guys. Yeah. She spins around them. Oh yeah, like grabs on. Those are little. It's cool. Like, Underworld leaves, thing. Leaves leaves the one sa- it's the same thing. Hanging every from the ceiling. <laughs> it's like yeah. she. Well, see, I think it's the, the same thing. Book. She spins around some guy. And then exactly. Him. So the point is that I, she's grown as a character, and I'm glad for it. Yeah, yeah. They're they're giving her the whole her yeah. Hulk thing, which I I think is kind of weird, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into. That Who knows? Later. Who yeah. knows? Also, War Machines in this movie. Yes, and he's War great. Machine. Yeah, Don, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. <laughs> I love perfect. Don Cheadle playing the role of Terrence Howard <laughs> at the end of Iron Man is like next time, baby. It's like, oh, you poor person. Uh, <laughs> you poor. <laughs> I'm only gonna say this once. Get out. <laughs> and and yeah. Terrence Howard leaves. Oh goodness. Uh, okay, we we went on really long about the Scarlett <laughs> Johansson thing. Uh, yeah, basically, it's I like the natural continuation of Tony. I think it's interesting how he's sort of a celebrity now, and he's like forgotten what he's fought for. I think that's a really cool continuation. Yeah, it's interesting that these movies, the MCU, basically just doesn't care about the whole superhero trope of secret identities. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, in the comic books, Tony Stark and like Captain America are like the only two superheroes right, that act. actually have that don't have a secret identity. That was the whole thing in the comic books like years ago when he was like, "I'm Tony Stark," and right. then everyone was like, "What?" Yeah. I also don't know how you would have ever kept this fact that you're Tony Iron Man's secret. Yeah. You have a literal thing. <laughs> yeah. in are you Iron Man? No, like, I. You're wearing like a white shirt. It's cool. No. You'll need to have like a lead tie. Yeah, like, <laughs> A lit. Time. Yeah. Every time you went through airport security, like <laughs> just okay. Tony Stark has his own plane. I'm not. I don't think to Tony's flying Southwest. <laughs> yeah. The one gripe that I had with Iron Man too. It starts off with Iron Man in an airplane for some reason jumping out of it. When I was literally like, why didn't he just fly and he's in there the suit. in he's the suit. suit? I was confused. See, I never would have thought of this. Thing. <laughs> yeah. This is why I had Both batteries. Um, I was like, wait, what? Ran out of triple A's. Okay. All right, so we got to move on. We uh, This is the next uh, origin story. The Avengers setup is in full swing. And no pun intended, actually. I just realized that. We're, uh, we're talking about Thor, which is another movie <laughs> oh, that's remembered that? sort of negative. I think it's one of the most ugly looking movies I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. <laughs> it looks gross. It's it, a gross looking movie. Yeah. Every just, single shot is a Dutch angle. Thor is kind of... <laughs> it's like Every single shot. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Oh, man. It is just like Battlefield Earth. I, d- I didn't even notice it. I overall am positive on this, but I will at, by no means go to any great lengths to defend it. I just sort of enjoy the excessive theatricality of it. Yeah. I mean, Chris, Chris Hemsworth is great. I think he's I think he's a great Thor, but... Yeah. The mo- he gets I, I better just, as the franchise goes yeah, on. It's I really just think every other character... Or Loki's great, too. But every other character in this movie is 
just trash now. Yeah, the costume boring. design in this movie is some of the most atrocious, like <laughs> rubber-looking pieces of. Yeah, I bought this at a Target earlier. Outfits. I just, yeah, that's the thing. The effects. The everything on Asgard is CGI. Every like the floor is CGI. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. And what it's is like what is Superman's called? face. <laughs> The 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 visuals don't get on my nerves too much. I, it's just kind of a pick your poison thing. Like what's going to get on your nerves? I just I I admire everything in Asgard because it's so big and hammy, and I just it's like everything is said with such seriousness. There's a part where like Loki interrupts Odin, and Odin goes bah! <laughs> I think that's funny. <laughs> it's just stuff like that. Everything on Earth is disappointing. Yeah. I, I hesitate to say now, terrible. I, I do kind of like some of the humor. You know, the people from from Asgard aren't, aren't really used to Earth. Oh, some yeah. of that's a little bit nice. Yeah, it's, it's fish out of water comedy. Yeah. It's been done too many it's times. It's been done. I, and it's but, been done you know. Yeah. Because, and here's why I don't, I hesitate to say terrible, is because I think there could be potential in this story. Because when you think about it, Thor is not, the and the movie specifically, is not necessarily an origin story. It's more like a coming-of-age story because Thor already has all of his powers and he's sort of learning. He's essentially learning that he has a lot to learn. Yeah. And I think that's a good note for the movie to end on. He's it, kind of learning about what it means to be human as opposed yes. to an Asgardian, which their cultures don't seem that different, to be honest. <laughs> right. Like, outside of, like, monarchy... You know, well, even then, that's just a type of government. Like, you can get used to different types of government. Yeah. But it's just about him, like, being like, oh, I'm kind of mortal now or whatever. And I think that is that is cool. And that's mm-hmm. all in the text. Whiffs that by the end. Because there's a moment, and I'm going to bring this up again when we get to the Winter Soldier. But there's a moment sort of towards <laughs> the end where the Destroyer. Is that what it's called? The big metal thing? Okay. Yeah. It's the, the Destroyer. Okay. It's the Destroyer. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Let me look up. Clever. It's wow. La- it's laying waste to this town and Thor goes up. He has no powers. Doesn't have the hammer. Doesn't have... He's wearing like a flannel shirt yeah. and he goes up to the Destroyer and says... Uh, a flannel shirt. <laughs> and he says... It's like a farmer. <laughs> he says, all right, Loki, I give up. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They look like the Sentinels. From they, they do, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Uh, he says, Loki, you win. If you if you wanna if you want me, you can have me just spare these people. And I think that could have been a great moment if they had established that Thor has given up on Asgard. Because what I get from the actual words that he's saying there is that he feels like he's lost everything, and the only thing he has are these people that he's come to know over the past few days. If there was more chemistry and if there was more of a sort of surrendering of his own life. I think that could have been really solid. Unfortunately, it just mostly comes across as like a fish-out-of-water sort of goofy rom-com. Well, like, the movie is... I think this is even more set up than Iron Man 2. You think so? Yes, because Hawkeye, Waste... Yeah, you, what a weird like, cameo. Wait, does Hawk... They, oh, intru- does they introduce Hawkeye, yeah, yeah. and he does literally nothing. Um, he doesn't even shoot No, the he holds it. Yeah. And he's like, I could do it if you want me to. And then calls him. Oh my god, when he's trying to get the hammer back, right? Yeah, he's trying yeah. to get the oh hammer god. back. See, you forgot. Oh, it came Dude. all back. Yeah. They have the E.T. So thing stupid. set up around the hammer. <laughs> yes, 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 it's E.T. It's literally E.T. Oh, that's such a perfect comparison. Oh, and it's so stupid. And But, but even, awesome. here's the worst thing that this movie introduces to the MCU. 
character deaths who don't even die, okay? Loki dies yeah. in how many movies now? And he comes yeah. back by the end Loki of dies every movie. But he's the trickster guy. But come on, it's ridiculous. Like, it's what the screenwriters say. Loki dies at the end of this movie. He comes back to life at the end credit sequence, which is just, there is no care. Oh, they kick-ass toot it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just so lazy. I hated that. It, it is lazy. The MCU is notorious for never killing a character. I I was thinking about it. I'm trying to think who are the most, the only permanent non-villain deaths are Quicksilver and Antony. Yeah, <laughs> Antony. Yeah. yeah. I was more affected by Antony's death. Yeah, because Quicksilver's death does not make any I hated logical that, that sense so, at all. I, I'll get to that when we get yeah, to Ultron. Oh, but I, I have some serious issues with that. I, I think there's a logic as a super, let me real die, real fast diatribe. I hate super speed as a superpower because you can't have super speed and not have super strength because if you punch something, then you will literally shatter every bone in your body. Yeah. But apparently, everyone has super strength and they also have super speed, which will make them impervious <laughs> to everything. But they're also the most vulnerable people in the world. Anyway. <laughs> we digress. Always bothers. <laughs> we'll get to that later. I do think there is a, a logic behind Quicksilver's death. It's not a good logic, but I can. But I can. Okay. Yeah. We'll understand. We'll, we'll, oh, I know. We'll I know. Smith. I have my logic. I, I mean, I know the real the real reason as to why. Yeah. Which which we'll get to at the end. Yeah. Uh, we got to move on. Overall, Thor. Not good. Kind of. Uh, yeah, I'm okay going. I'm going not fun. good. I'm going. I'm, not I'm good. going not good. It's like half realized, and honestly, it's just really forgettable. Uh, okay. So, and now we get into our final origin story before the big team-up, and that is, of course, Captain America, the first Avenger. I loved this movie. Yes, and I want you to go first because you had an interesting shift of opinion, didn't you? Absolutely. I, when I first watched this movie, uh, I watched it a, couple, a few years ago, you know, not long after it came out. I kind of had it on in the background, but I did not like it. I found it very boring. Yep. But I rewatched it. Mm. Good God. <laughs> I really love this movie, you guys. Okay, why? It's why really good. The ca- So here's here's my theory. Because um, Anthony's from New York. <laughs> <laughs> Could well, be. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. Just a kid from Brooklyn. Why. <laughs> but it's the whole, it's the, I think Marvel realizes that Captain America is limited in terms of great storylines because Captain America can't fight off aliens. He's just a strong guy. With exactly. And they're limited with storylines and his abilities. Yeah. So they really focus on character building. They do. And his, they really get him right. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many movies, like he's got that kind of Superman Boy Scout type thing. And I think they really, that can come across as really corny or, Bad. you know, not like authentic. Superman. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Superman is a good example. Like, Man of Steel is a good example of not getting it fully right. And Captain America really is a really well-written movie. There's that scene where he's talking to Stanley Tucci right before he gets the yep. um, the procedure, the super soldier procedure done. Okay. Stanley Tucci talks about how it's why why he was chosen. You know, to to really appreciate getting the powers of the big strong guy, he you need to give them to someone who's weak so they have empathy. And that really empathy is the best way to describe Captain America. He is the most empathetical character out of all of these movies because he he really is grounded in his values. Yeah. He's he's he feels real. And it's it's, it's he's the natural like 
this kid, uh, he, he is the natural choice to be Steve Rogers. He's a natural choice. Yeah. You know, to be this captain. Uh, he's captain. He's tried like a million times to enlist in the army and they keep saying, he's, yeah, he, he's uh, got a small you know, fry. It's like he's got heart, you know, it, it, it really, it really, you know, it's a really great movie. Minus the weird CGI head. The, the, my only issue with this movie is that, um, the technology. Later on, <laughs> once once we get to Hydra, it's it becomes basically you know it's like it could be set last year. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I have a defense for that. What mega tank? Well, the mega tank. It's just lasers. Like, three, like the it's the, la- the laser thing. We, I think this is a rare opportunity to have a period piece superhero movie, like a real true period authentic movie, uh, authentic period piece you know superhero thing. And they kind of ruined it with mm-hmm. having lasers and space stuff and basically. You can't really tell when it, when it is. Yeah. But it's a comic book. <laughs> so? Screen the masses from the window. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, do you have anything to add? Um, I really like uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, because this is Captain America, the first Avenger, and he does <laughs> first Avengers things. The movie yeah. title doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He's not really avenging anything. Or oh, I guess he avenges Bucky. A Bucky kind of dies, and, except if you're not an <laughs> idiot, you literally know who Bucky is and yeah. like who Bucky becomes. If you just do, if you just Google Bucky Barnes, and it's like Bucky Barnes is the Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Jason, let's ruin their good time. Yeah, um, I think up. this movie is pretty boring. You know, the the you know the shots that they had in the trailer that got everyone to see this movie were diamond were shown. Oh yeah, that that happened. Uh, we're shown in a in a quick montage yeah. where he defeats every Nazi. What an American! Though. He's a, he's a hero, <laughs> man. What's more American than defeating Nazis? All the Nazis. He's the original and glorious bastard. It's all hilarious. Um, wait, does he have super kicks in this one? Who knows? No, not really. No, okay. he's just, it's super just more, kick. More super country. kick is the definitive Captain America. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I will say in this movie, it is kind of weird because they do a good job in the beginning of explaining that he's kind of fast and he can rip the door off a car, okay. but he doesn't seem that much stronger no, than he, a person. He really doesn't. It's in not until the next Civil ones. War. He's yeah, he's, mega, he's, he's yeah, using sprinting. a helicopter. He's got the helicopter thing. Yeah. yeah, but in this movie, it's like he's just really much. He worked out a lot, and it's yeah. like okay. <laughs> he does a lot of push-ups. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't have too much to add. I I don't know. I just this movie just doesn't really have the same effect on it on me that it that it does with uh, most other people. A lot of the origin stories and some of the sequels but specifically the origin stories feel like they're kind of made out of obligation like we have to have an origin for this character and i and i really kind of feel it in this one like i can't quite explain it but it feels like it's just sort of going through the motions and not in a way that i personally find particularly interesting it's a lot of talking Uh, for whatever reason i just again i just don't find it interesting it to me, it seems like it just sort of boils down to Captain America good, Red Skull bad. If there's if there's one thing that Marvel's not good at, it's it's dialogue. <laughs> you don't go to a Marvel movie to listen to people talk. It's, well, their witty, their humor, especially in his first couple movies, is really good. Yeah, their yeah. humor feels, starts yeah. off pretty the good. Works. Gets awful is now just starting to. It's get it better. just feels forced. Now. Yeah, it, yeah. It, Thor Ragnarok was the shining hope of the, mm-hmm. but then we're not talking about that today. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing I do appreciate, and, and I don't despise this movie by any means, I just don't particularly like it. It's yeah, that, I don't hate it at all. It's that it, it's, and this is what I was mentioning with the whole Hydra technology thing, it, 
it's a prequel, essentially. It's taking place years before any of these other hero movies. And so it sort of, in a way, is the introduction to this MCU world. You know what I'm saying? Where, like, you have the normal world where World War II is taking place and everything. And then there's this other world with cosmic cubes and guys with red skulls and laser technology and magic and everything. Like that that sort of cosmic area. And once you go in, you can never go back. It's like the Matrix with the rabbit hole. Once you go down it, you never go back. The second Steve goes into that operating room... It's never, it, the world is never the same again. And I appreciate that element. It's, it's understated, but I think it is there. And for that reason, I don't really mind the technology too much. Yes, it's silly. It's, I just, I mean, like it works, but I just wish we could have had one really good period superhero movie. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's looking like, I think uh, Captain Marvel is going to be sort of a prequel. So who knows how that'll turn out. Isn't that supposed to be set in like Vietnam? The 90s. The, the 90s? 90s. Yeah. yeah. Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson's going to have the afro so and the cyborgs and everything. Can you imagine that? That'd be, That'd crazy. be great. But yeah, so overall, we're, we're kind of split, but it's, yeah. it is it is generally it's, it's, uh, it's generally pretty it's, uh, well remembered as one of the better origin stories. It is also one of the only, well, I guess it's one of the only, only origin stories that it's not him fighting the evil version of himself. Yeah, yeah Red true. Skull is juiced up, but it's completely different. It's not just, I want to defeat Captain America because he's my villain. He's my exactly. arch nemesis. It's, I want to beat you so that you will just go away. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. more of a moral argument. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Uh, but enough about that. Let's talk about the Avengers. Big crossover. It's all been building up to this, and this is just a payoff movie. Oh, yeah. And I think it works. It really does pay off. They really could have screwed it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes the wise decision, and this is going to sound kind of strange, but of not focusing on character. It's it's focused more on just the spectacle of it, like we said, the payoff. And by focusing simply on that, it it really becomes just just really, uh, really satisfying, I think. Um, Except the middle of the movie, which is so... Yeah, it drags. It, it drags boring. quite a bit. Yeah. Or their their airplane. <laughs> Iron Man's just fixing it for Quinjet. most of the movie. Yeah. How dare you. They... <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. Wait, what's it called? The Quinjet. The Quinjet. Yeah, Ooh. that's that's their airplane. That's, that's like their... there's five jets or something. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I think it's because their five people can only fit inside of it at once. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're not focused on teasing for the future, which nowadays is really a welcome breath of fresh air, yeah. honestly. I used to hate this movie as a kid. Yep. I rewatched it uh, like a month ago. Hmm. I had a lot of fun with it, actually. The the ending action scenes are actually really, really great. Yeah. It's really I really think that's the really only thing people talk about with this movie, is that ending action, action, scene. action scene. And that swarm Be- scene. Where because that's what everyone And we're all friends in the swarm restaurant. That's yeah. really good. Because the Avengers were sort of like, you know, quipping and griping with each other up until then. But that's when they're finally a team. It's like, what would happen if the Hulk and Thor battled aliens together? Well, I mean, there's that great sweeping, yeah. you know, kind of tracking thing. God. They go through every single character. I was like, "Damn, that's how you direct an action scene." Yeah, no, that the fanfare was so good. Like that, that shot is so iconic. It was. It's really perfect. Like they really do it well. And they all come together at the end, and you're like, "I know what." And, there's, yeah. and it circles around, and it's like, "Yeah, it appeals to your inner like Neanderthal or something." It appears it really to your doing something kid cool. You play with like, toys like that, and then Captain America. He's yeah. just. Looking around, <laughs> he just doesn't know. What to, he just raises his shield a little bit. Like, like, hey, Black Widow reloads her pistols. Yeah, yeah. 
The, see, my problem with this is again the Hulk. Like they, there's no, ex, they don't explain yeah, the, Hulk the Hulk again. Like I'm always angry. Well, then at why can't this you time control? It's based it? off of anger. At least we know that. Yeah, but then why can't he control it if he's always angry? And he then, is. He can control. No, it. he can't. See, and that we get this in all of the movies he's in. Like he can control it. He can't control it. He can't be near people, but he can be near her because well, the other special. Thing, the other it's thing so about, lazy with you're, the Hulk. You're, you're forgetting that the Hulk isn't. A person isn't Bruce Banner. He's a literally a separate human being. See, but they, they they aren't explaining that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Because they, they don't care. Like if he if he if he attacks everyone on the helicarrier, why isn't he attacking them on the ground? Why like it, they don't explain how he is the Hulk. Yeah, it, it, it's just driven by emotion. I, the I, Hulk I, is one. The Hulk. The whole thing about the Hulk is that he takes over Bruce Banner's body. It's really a thing about multiple personality disorder. He takes over Bruce Banner's body. Bruce Banner doesn't know how to cope with it. Mm-hmm. Bruce Banner gets pushed under, and the Hulk is only like pretty much single-minded right. because he's very primitive. So yes. he's just angry or whatever to be angry at at that. Yeah, he cooperates quite often with yes. the team, except, except, when, not, except when the plot angry with them. Exactly. Except when the plot doesn't need him. Right, to. when it's, it's convenient. Exactly, yeah. which is lazy because the yeah. screenwriters went, "Well, he's not angry at the right It bothers me. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I tend to just go along with it, but it is really irritating from time to time. Right. Luck, luckily, we don't see the Hulk that often, so at least there's that. Um, That's true, yeah. It's, it's mainly Mark Ruffalo, the Hulk. <laughs> I, was, I was talking... It's another good recasting decision. I was yes. thinking... Yeah. Right. We were talking about oh, yeah. how if Edward Norton had stayed, and he just says everything like he does in <laughs> it's his like Wes Anderson <laughs> voice, and he's like, I'm always angry. <laughs> That's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. That's my secret, it's, it, it's not. It, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't have been so bad. I think they found someone good. Although it seems like Ruffle is getting kind of goofy lately. I don't know. I, what just, I think I've I think, never been a fan of the Hulk. I think that's all. because Marvel's given up on the Hulk. Like we're not going to get him his own franchise. Let's just make him fun. Well, I mean, to be fair, like like it's pretty down to earth with the character for uh, com- the comics. The comics Hulk's always been all over the place in terms of strength, size, why he's angry, what he's angry at, what he's doing. It's kind of just like he's really just like a walking plot device. Right. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, I just oh, don't well. like how strong he is. What? No, not the uh, like. I don't like how strong he is in in the Avengers when he just punches that thing and destroys oh. the whole thing. Oh, dude. just do that. If, to all you're, if you're angry about that, there is so much There's more ridiculous stuff in the comics. Really? When he comes back from Planet Hulk in the comics, he's so strong he can crack the world in half. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> he doesn't crack the earth in half. He cracks so I think he cracks the car in half or something. He it's he's called Worldbreaker Hulk. That's that Hulk. <laughs> he has a sword and a a thing, and it was like it's Whoa. like why do you even have a sword? You can crack a planet in half, so we can cut a planet in half too. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah, no, because the Hulk's the Hulk strength has always been how angry he is. However, yeah. I didn't feel like Mark Ruffalo was very angry. Yeah, he's just like he's just like yeah, I'm always angry. I'm always angry, man. Um, but overall, solid yeah. movie. It's, Good movie. Fun. It, time in hindsight hasn't been the most kind. It's sort of gone through a backlash. Uh, people say like, yeah, it was good, but could it have been better? And it's hard not to think about that. Sure. I don't think so. I think it. I think they did a, a good job. Bringing them together. Yeah. Again, this is an experiment. Phase one was the experiment. They wanted to see how far they could get. And they were like, all right, they got to the first Avengers movie. Yeah. And it was like, 
Now we can do oh, more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what now? I'll tell you what now. Let's continue the Iron Man franchise. Ooh. The Iron Manchise, if you will. Let's talk about uh, the conclusion to the Iron I, Man series. I will not. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're talking about Iron Man a 3. The uh, third. That's correct. So, Jason, now, you and I yeah, are kind of so, on the same page about it. So, we're kind of some of the few people who actually kind of enjoy this movie. Yes, I stand up to this And I, I think... I don't. Oh, see, that's surprising because you you know a lot about the comic books and a lot of people who, who yeah, don't like because this is completely different is from because the comic they, books. because the main issue I, I hear from it is that they ruin the Mandarin. The Mandarin in the comic books, especially for an Iron Man villain, is has always, for me, been completely out of place because he's a man that relies on this ancient wizardry mm-hmm. to fight this man in this technology suit. And it's like... Why is this juxtaposition happening in Iron Man, especially when Iron Man never delves into any of that outside of the Mandarin? Yeah. Everyone else that Iron Man fights is either Iron Man or some aspect of Iron Man's past that has come back to haunt him. Yeah, and like So I was I was kind of up for it. I was like, yeah, you know what? Have him be a weird guy. I, I was fine with that. Yeah. I think it works you know, for the I plot too. I think yeah. the the person who ends up being the bad guy, Guy Pierce, well pretty, dis- pretty disappointing. Uh, oh, I think. Oh, I think there's material there because. Okay, here's, here's no, what it is. Okay, so the Mandarin. So what happens is basically, um, it's it's a terrific conclusion to Tony's arc because in Iron Man oh, one, awesome. he's been using his advantages for good. In Iron Man two, he becomes a celebrity, forgets what he's fighting for, has to sort of relearn that. In the Avengers, he's called to complete a task, succeeds, but undergoes this traumatic event, which is of course going into the wormhole, and sort of comes to this realization that. Oh, this, there's a bigger world out there yeah. and I don't know if I can handle it. And so that trauma has sort of echoed and amplified f- for the year since the Avengers has taken place. And Tony is so scared that he won't be a good enough hero that he's sort of obsessed over the one thing he has, which is, of course, the Iron Man armor and the technology. And it's only when he loses that that he realizes his true strength, which is not the Iron Man suit. It's, it's himself. Him. Yeah. Tony Stark is the hero of this franchise, not Iron Man. Tony Stark. And, and I love this. Like when he, he starts MacGyvering like yeah. those gloves. And I think stuff. that's it's a super fantastic cool. scene. Yeah. I but, think people hate the scenes where he's not an Iron Man. But I love but them. I think awesome. there's I think they're better than the Iron Man parts. Let me too. ask let me tell you something. Those same people will also praise the first Iron Man because that first Iron Man movie is so iconic because of that cave scene which he essentially yeah. relives out in the middle of nowhere with no technology yep. and yep. a broken iron man suit <laughs> yep. but here's where i was going with the mandarin thing okay so oh, yeah. so there's this random fear out there not an alien not not any sort of supernatural thing just a guy who's causing a lot of damage and tony somehow feels responsible for it and it's the mandarin it's amalgamation of all of the U.S.'s sort of fears of, like, terrorism and foreigners and what have Keep in mind that's who he was fighting in Iron Man, in the first Iron Man. The Ten Rings. Yeah. yeah. And and this this sort of source of influence among bad people all across the world. And as it turns out, the one behind it all, insecure white dude. I think that's really a really interesting. <laughs> now the character himself okay. could be better. Okay. I agree. Yeah. I think Guy Pierce is like it's is trying guy, yeah. is trying his best. Doesn't 
really. I mean, this is the, I mean, his character is just the same. Th- it's another scorned nerd it's who comes syndrome. back. It's syndrome. And, exactly. It's syndrome. It's like, oh, look, I'm suave now. Uh, I'm going to take your Gwyneth Paltrow away. <laughs> and it's, it's just, come on, dude. The, I, I think you have a point with your the, with the themes of the movie. Yeah. But there is, for me, I couldn't get past just the the blatant stupidity of some some of the stuff that they put in this mm. like it's this this movie to me is the most cartoonish of almost all of them. the tone's very different it's, and i think that turns a lot of people off. not even the tone the the action the imagery the the plot like the but, extremist is really just, what gets just, me about that's this one. stupid yeah the whole thing where this is dumb the i think it boils down to that scene where he's he's kind of having like his crisis and then the, all the reporters are around and he's, he grabs the, the reporter's phone or something and he's like, hey, here's my address. One, two, three, four, fake street. Oh. Blah, 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 blah. Come find me. First of all, he's Tony Stark. He's the richest man ever. Everyone people know where he lives. lives. So yeah. And then, and then there's a party at his house yes. with hundreds of people. And then there. he throws and breaks the phone as if there weren't other recording devices around. And then he's... and then. It, they're, they're, okay. The the you plot know, convenience of this movie when they're shooting the air the the missiles at his house, how does he not see them until they blow up? <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. He has he has so many should security have, measures. Should have a lot of defenses. the window shouldn't be the security here. Like he <laughs> he should be able to see that. And then there was too much Gwyneth Paltrow, and that kid was stupid. And I really, oh, I like the kid. The kid I, like, I want to like punch that kid, kid in the mouth. He was so annoying. <laughs> I like that kid. I thought he was nice. He was ridiculous. He was so annoying. Everyone complains about the giving away the address part, which I get, but I think there's a logic behind it because he's upset. Happy Hogan was just out. basically almost killed by this force that he has no control over, and Tony's pissed off. And I think and he wants scared. To, and he wants to and call him anxious. out so he can. Because Tony's whole thing is that he. It, I'm saying it's unearned. Oh yeah, for sure. But it, perhaps it, it doesn't work. Perhaps, but I think there is. It's not just an oversight on the part of the writers. Per- I think it is an oversight. I think they tried. I think they played that moment as supposed to be some badass. Like, oh, Tony's pissed, and then he he just gets his ass kicked. No, I think it's insecure. It's anxiety. I think he. I think he was just kind of acting rashly to say like swing first, and that way he could do something about it. Actually, I've had enough. Yeah, and, and like I need like, and I need to get rid of this source of anxiety in my life. Yeah, even if it's a dumb move. Because he's not. He's not Tony's whole character is that he's not a guy that would just sit back, and now he won't sit back, but with anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> so. So you know we we disagree on that, but it's it's very di- it's very divisive. What do you think of the suit? I like this the one. flying one. The the I I found the this Iron Man suit takes away from the original where the original had purpose you know even the mask it, like you wrote in your review that it, the mask looks determined and you copied me and wrote that in your review <laughs> no I didn't yeah, did I, did. I don't remember yeah, did. either way it it looked it looked good and this one it just really. It's it's a cartoon. Like all, it gets hit by a truck and it falls apart. That's stupid. the skydiving was ridiculous. Iron Man three is the most Marvel is the Marvel movie with the most let's sell toys with this. Really, movie. like it's yeah. re- like everyone needs a new suit every movie and it's ridiculous. Well, and- I mean, it's new suits every movie for everyone, but there's like it's like small changes. No, but but Iron well, exactly Man, that's the problem. Yeah, but they're doing it just to do it in Iron Man three. And to be fair, if you're going to do it with any character, you do it with Iron Man because his whole yeah, thing is building new suits over and, this, over, and this, over and over and over. And not only that. beige suit, come on. 
But with no, he's building suits because he's insecure and he wants to be ready for anything. Yeah, he, literally. He doesn't anything. really seem to have any. He gets rid of them all. Intention of using these suits. They're just sort of there, just in case, and they do come into play later. And I guess they never will again. They never will again because well, they, they will. He because this ends on a fantastic thing. note of I don't need the armor, and then Age of Ultron ruins that. But we'll get to that later. Uh, I feel like Age of Ultron should have come out before this. Maybe. Somehow. Yeah. Like, or, like, it should have taken at the same place during Age of Ultron. Because Age of Ultron has that whole subplot of, it it started as an AI to protect the Earth. So it meant that Tony was still trying to protect the Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Which he seems to give up after Iron Man 3, which is... Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get to that later. Uh, We gotta move on. But, yeah, Iron Man 3, it... Very divisive, as you can tell. We're getting very passionate. Um, it, I guess it just depends on what you're focusing on. And if you're focusing on the character work, then I think, I think it's really solid, but it has a lot of really weird plot inconveniences and stuff like that. Um, okay. So let's, let's move on to one of the most ridiculous of the MCU. It's damn near the worst one. It's Thor the Dark World. This is the only one that I have not seen. We got you covered though. Um, okay, Anthony, tell us why the Dark World is bad. Uh, well, uh, pardon me. The, it's just an empty movie. It is. It's no, nothing of substance. See, this movie, I, this is the, I saw this Thor last. I saw, how I saw it was I saw Thor 3, then I saw Thor 1, then I saw Thor 2. Mm. Uh, and so I had you really, didn't even get that joke at the beginning of Thor. No, I did not. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. But, like, the thing is, how I, like, my problem with it is, Asgard is supposed to be this great, you know, world with uh, all these warriors. It get it is apparently so easy to either invade or completely take over this place because it happens in all. They only have Idris Elba. Watching. Yeah, it happens in all three Thor movies, and it's just crazy how how. I think that is a good way to really point out the flaws in the Thor franchise, where it's it's all looks. There's no substance. And this movie has no substance. Yeah. Again, Loki dies, comes back at the end. And the thing is that they're putting so much effort <laughs> into it to have substance. <laughs> it's like, on, on one hand, I find this to be sort of a well-thought-out new idea. It's also a catastrophic failure in terms of the franchise. And to the point where it's rarely even acknowledged as a movie. It's just sort of a thing that happened one time. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see because... That that floating red stuff, I think is, I guess, is technically one of the Infinity Stones. Yeah. yeah so they're gonna have to acknowledge that Thor: The Dark World happened. I bet it's just like all oh, the ether. I know what that is, and yeah. that'll be it. Yep. Pretty, pretty much. My favorite part of Thor: Dark World is Loki's is Loki's plan at the end because he doesn't decide to rule as Loki. He rules still as Odin. Everything kind of seems to be going fine in Asgard. Yeah. We're not talking about Thor Ragnarok, but Thor gets back to Thor. Yeah. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> this is. Everything's kind of fine right now. There's yeah. honestly nothing wrong. Pretty much. This one, a lot of, specifically Phase 2, a lot of the MCU as viewed as filler until the next Yeah, this, this movie is... And never is it most. more apparent than here. Uh, Sam, and you and I were talking about how this is directed by a guy who did a couple things with Game of Thrones. By Alan Taylor, yeah. yes. Director of such classics as Terminator Genesis. <gasps> He oh, did? Yes. Really? Oh, yep. Now I hate this movie even more. <laughs> I have this lower than Hulk on my uh, that my ranking, and this situation with puts little it objects that fly together into one object. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's on again. It's sort of a well realized, sort of inventive, sort of potentially cool 
idea for like maybe a standalone movie. Um, the fact that it does tie in with the universe really hinders it and it just doesn't belong because a lot of the big complaints specifically with phase two again is that oh something's happening just call the other Avengers you're friends now and this is the worst one because the apocalypse almost happens in this I mean and you think you think that's something a Thor movie they could take out because Thor he's not from earth so it's easy to have his problem be somewhere else exactly but they bring it to earth the old guy. Is that their friend or their dad? I forget. It's Jane Foster's dad. Guy. Either way, he has a just huge stuck. role in these Marvel movies. He's just in so many of them. And he's like the worst. <laughs> like, he's like the Like, you could replace him with literally astrophysicists. Isn't, isn't he the laser guy in the Avengers? Yeah, yeah he's, he's he's the guy. He's laser guy. He shows up and he's like, I know about lasers. <laughs> pushes up his glasses. <laughs> it, it's the whole fish-out-of-water comedy troop or something from the first one. And it just all falls totally flat. This whole movie feels like they just said, get it, like, throughout the whole time. Like, <laughs> yeah. get, get it? It's kind of like... Oh, and I feel bad ragging on it so it? much because I, I get the sense from it that they sort of were looking to sort of have just sort of an inconsequential story. Like, we want to have another movie with Thor and it. it doesn't really matter what happens in it. They found a visionary director uh, and said, okay, here you go. Tell whatever story you want. The only important thing is that it has to have this has to have this floating red goo in it. Besides that, you can do whatever you want. It's like, ooh, so I can do the apocalypse. And it's so tonally different, visually different. Just It's just... It, it feels just, like a Game of Thrones episode. It really does. Yeah. It looks like one. Yeah. It feels like one. It's it sounds dark, like it's gloomy. Really? Thor's just Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> and it just... The blank check just really backfired. And I have a feeling that this sort of inspired the sort of the higher ups to be a little bit more controlling on the directors for which, a little bit at least which itself backfired yeah um i think this movie kind of failed this movie had so much going for it we're going to talk about it later with guardians of the galaxy but it was it, even though it was on earth for a little bit still very removed like it yeah. could have been anything it, it could, wanted yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy thrived with this, and they had the same stipulation, which was put a blue space rock in your movie. We don't care how. Yeah. <laughs> but this was put a red space rock in your movie, and then they were like, okay, well, now it's red goo, and okay, it's dark elves. And okay, it's just the same plot device from the third Star Trek movie, and okay. <laughs> There's no character work whatsoever. They have a faint glimmer of sort of Thor coming to terms as a king, but it's nothing more than a glimmer. Right. Yeah, uh... I, again, I feel bad ragging on it because there's nothing malicious behind it. it. There's a lot of effort put onto it. It's a miserable failure, but it's. I, I would I would consider it like a dignified bomb. That's Malachet. just that's just my personal. Thing. Can we talk about Malakit, the dark elf Malakit? Can we not? He's, yeah, can he we not? So bad. Like he he's just you know another, the elves another villain with another faceless army. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, like it was literally like they just wore masks the whole time. In the and so they could keep reusing the same elf extras. I oh, think basically so weird. Basically, what we're sort of getting at is you can sum up Thor: The Dark World in three words. It doesn't matter. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's talk about Captain America: The Winter Soldier, yes. which hell every, yes, everybody loves. Right. So great. I'm gonna shut up because I'm a little bit lukewarm on this, and I I want this to be positive. Mega kicks. <laughs> Mega kicks. That's Mega all I'm kicks. saying, man. Dude, this makes this movie makes me smile. This movie is just like they wrote like a um, an American James Bond script, and yes. they just threw Captain America in. They're like, 
which character could we use for this? Scarlet, we could use uh, Black Widow, we could use Jeremy Renner, we could use Captain America, and we're like, let's use all of them, let's put Captain America in it. He'll be our James Bond, right? Like, everyone knows who he looks like, yeah. but he's still a secret agent, he's still doing things out there, but he's also a superhero. The action in this movie it's, is it's the best. Just oh my it's the god, best action yeah. the it's just so. When good. he jumps out of that series. window with the shield and then yeah, there's a whole rooftop chase, and then yeah. gets, and then Bucky gets away. It's oh, it's, it's good. the best action in the whole. Series. It's just such a really positive. It's it, I think this movie shows that they actually have faith in Captain America as a character, and that he can pull off these kind of lower stakes stories. Low, Got and lower stakes. Okay. I mean, like it, lower stakes, as in. He's not ending. There's the universe isn't at stake. The universe isn't like there isn't like a giant laser. Instead, it's a couple ships. Instead, that, that, that can going wipe on. out the country. But okay. right, yeah. See, like, see, but that's, that's how that's how Marvel is. That's how Marvel is. The lower like, lower stakes for Marvel movie is country, not universe. Yeah. Also. And, and that's where the James Bondsiness, so like the campy <laughs> story of like you know I'm a supervillain. I took over this organization. I have. A million nukes somehow, and I have them all pointed at Prussia. And it's like, why Prussia? And he's like, well, because that's where the oil is, and I'm going to control the world. And it's like, what are you talking about? It's just this insanely convoluted plot for these supervillains, but it's such an easy plot for these heroes to just undermine and defeat that with just a little bit of espionage that it turns into such a good thing. Yeah. And plus America turning its back on Captain America is always good plot lines. <laughs> it's uh, definitely my top Three? It's in my top three for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, top three. Actually, mm, no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my favorite scene I'll in the tell movie. You later, let's see. My actually, f- top five, top five, top four. No, nope, top three for me. Yeah, actually, top, top, is it number four then? <laughs> yeah, it's number four. Because <laughs> if it's not in your top three, then that's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite scene is that elevator scene where, <gasps> yeah. where so so everybody keeps getting in. They know they know what's happening. He knows what's happening, and he goes before yeah. we start. <laughs> would anyone like to get out? And then I'm like. It's so good. Oh, because you know he's gonna win, and they know and he's they gonna pull, win. They pull that off because you're like, this is gonna be a jumbled mess. But you yeah, know exactly cuts, what's happening cut, the whole time. Be so many cuts. Yeah, and it's no, just yeah. one. It's just the elbow, elbow, elbow. Issue. See, this movie because the Russo brothers did this, right? Yep. Yep. This yeah. gives me faith for Infinity War that it's not just gonna be this quick cut BS action where it's gonna it's gonna feel like it has like it has purpose. weight. It has, right. you know, yeah. And this this isn't just another you know bizarro fight. It had actually like when he's fighting with Bucky, that has emotional weight, and it's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm a little lukewarm on um, villains with metal limbs, but you know <laughs> Bucky's good. Now Sam, hmm? you say you're lukewarm on this. Oh, you care? I care. Oh, Go right. for it. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you guys love this so much. You're really nerding out about it, and it makes me happy that it, you know, I'm one of the few people in the world, and I don't dislike it by any means. I think overall I am positive on it, just not as positive as everyone else. Most of it is because, yes, the action is really, really solid and really grounded and really just cool. It's cool to watch. I just I just can't get emotionally into it for whatever reason, and I'm not quite sure what it is, but there's a moment that I think... If it had worked, it, I, I would be more positive on the movie. And it's what I was referencing earlier with Thor. So it's the part at the very end. All the helicarriers have been disabled and everything. And Captain America and Bucky are fighting in that little dome-looking thing on the bottom of it. And and Bucky has is, has Cap on the ropes, you know, just like just like in the first Avenger and everything. And starts punching him in the face. He's got like a black eye and everything. And then Cap goes, all right, 
if you're going to do it, do it now. And I'm like, ah, oh, they're see what they're wanting to do is have Bucky be the emotional core of this movie. And it just, I just don't feel it for some reason. Like I, I don't buy that in that moment, Steve feels like he's lost everything. I don't buy that he would just sort of give up and surrender himself. And I mean, I don't know. It's just, it just, the whole movie just doesn't quite click no. emotionally. I kind of agree with that because um, they really built it up in the beginning that Captain America is kind of having this uh, crisis where yeah. you know, he goes to his own museum and he's like looking around. Yeah. And it, it, they kind of just kind of drop that later on. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think it doesn't work as well because of the first Captain America movie because Bucky and Cap's relationship isn't that set up. Yeah, it's kind of like I think that the first Captain America movie does a good job at setting it I, up, but I wish I they know. had fleshed it. I mean, we kind of just kind of just dies, and then he's like, "Oh." Also, so is there, was there run. anyone in this in this when they saw this movie that was like, "This is this is"? I wonder who the Winter Soldier is. No, or, no. Yeah, well, they, 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 they showed it in the trailers. They showed it in the trailers, didn't they? Well, they no, they showed the Winter Soldier. No, they show they show. I think they show Captain America going, go Bucky, Bucky, and then you know. Oh yeah, yeah I think yeah. they show it because it's, it's obvious. Even in the comic books, it was obvious. See, but I think I think the the more uh, the worst obvious trope here is my biggest issue with the movie. Did anyone actually believe they killed Nick Fury? No, nope. huh? no, not for like, a second. Not, exactly, yeah. not, not for, for a, a second. second. I did. Like, I, did. I was like, come on, he's, he's gonna give, give him five minutes. Like, come on. <laughs> no, it's Nick Fury. That's also a I'll let them get away with that one, though. Oh, the, the car scene. Awesome. Yeah, that's the car scene was amazing. Sick. Scene. That's, I and think, my I favorite will lay scene. my vengeance upon you. <laughs> <Yeah. me. laughs> that was sick. Yeah. I love Samuel Jackson. Yeah. yeah, I think it Except this has. He, a, <laughs> he digs. Yeah, what is that? That was kind of dumb. What just is, follow like, the no hole. There's it's no a, way. It's, it's a spy care contraption that Q made for him. I yeah. suppose so. That was a little much. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't dislike this movie by any means. I'm just not as hot on it as everyone else. Oh, right. I love sorry. I love Anthony Mackie in it. Uh, he was good. I yeah, think he somehow funny. doesn't feel forced, which is weird because he's just kind of some guy, mm-hmm. and yet it feels totally natural. Uh, it's their character. I wish that Bucky and Cap had had that character development that they had in the first Avenger that you see. Um, yes, Mackie exactly. And, because you, you feel it. You, you see feel it. it. Yeah. You know? And like if Anthony Mackie turned evil and it's like, oh my God. No, not Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> They're friends. No. <laughs> do we do that? On, on your left, soldier. All right. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. We got two more, and let's go to space. Let's oh, talk about yes. Guardians of the Galaxy. All right, it's uh, believed by many to be one of the best, and rightfully so. Oh, absolutely. Yes. This is really good. It's my number two. I think it's really. It's probably my third. Now, I love this movie, but I think that the Actually, that the reason that everyone likes it so much is just because of the soundtrack. Half the people who like no, this movie is no. just because of the, of the soundtrack. I wouldn't say just the soundtrack. Yeah, I think that's I, I think it is. To me, a soundtrack is a large part of a movie. Like, Yeah, I agree. And I think something that this movie has that the second one doesn't is uh, involving soundtrack. Like, the soundtrack in this movie feels part of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it's very... um, It's, it's not just music on top of it. Right? Yes, exactly. It's It's playing in the background, yeah. and you're, the characters are hearing it, and so are you. It's not just playing on top of a scene. Like it's a baby feels, driver. Baby exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's used as a story tool and for tone and stuff. And in the second one, they didn't do that. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, just... have a, we have a lot to say about part two, but that's for, yeah. uh, again, a future episode. Go figure. Um, 
What I really love about Guardians of the Galaxy is it sort of goes about the team dynamic in a much different way than we had seen previously. Mm-hmm. In the sense that they're not brought together by an outside force, at least not like by some sort of corporation. The Guardians are forced together out of necessity. Out of greed and necessity. And they have to work together. And even though they might not always fit perfectly with each other, like they're screwing up and pissing each other off, I think that all works. But yet, at the end of the day, Chris Pratt sees one of them in danger, and there's a look on his face that says, like, damn it, I care about these people. Yeah, I don't want to, but yeah. I care about them. And I think that's a really, really interesting way to form a team that is should not work together. And a lot of the times does not work together. And I'm so glad they did it with the Guardians of the Galaxy and not the Avengers because the Avengers are all heroes and would care about each other yes, almost exactly. immediately. The Guardians, they're all kind of scums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, then there's, like, that whole selfishness, that whole greediness, because mm-hmm. they're all, like, raiders and stuff. Mm-hmm. Gamora is just in it for her own personal Yeah, she's like an assassin who, yeah. who finds family. Yeah. And you love all these people. And, yeah. you know, the Avengers, I didn't like the Hulk. Uh, <laughs> And like Hawkeye, Here, let, let's uh, yeah. Let's go around the table. Who's everyone's favorite guardian? Jason Rocket. Okay, Anthony. Uh, does Yondu count? Sure. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay, Yondu then. All right, Jack. Uh, um, Star Lord. Absolutely. Ooh. I'm gonna go Drax by far. I just relate to Star Lord so much. I was a kid that wanted to go to space and became a space pirate. Drax is my favorite too. Drax is the funniest freaking thing in any of these movies. Easily. It's He's just really funny. I am not a princess! I what is laugh it with for... WWE wrestlers and being funny people? Like, John Cena? <laughs> yeah. See, like, well, yeah. John Cena is hilarious. He's a funny guy. Have you He's seen really the funny. Fred movies? No. <laughs> He's the only good He's part the about only them. Good and part. He's actually really, really good. Really funny. In... Yeah, it's so weird. There's enough movies in that franchise that we could review it. We it? could. Yeah, there's oh, three. There's man. whole. There's three. There's a TV show too. That we it's not just like he's funny by proxy of being better than everyone. He's just hilarious in those movies. Gross. This movie kind of made him a, a movie star. To be honest, he. But he's just yeah 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 yeah. 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 Then he's twenty forty nine, and you're like, what? He's a great actor. Yeah. 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 Isn't like Spectre and he's stuff. Spectre. Yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's many people have noted very wisely, and I tend to agree that Guardians of the Galaxy has a certain kind of the same advantage that the first Iron Man had, which is separation yeah, no and not having to worry about anything else. And this movie is so ludicrous, yeah, but it is told with such a fervor that you exactly. can't imagine. It's, it's a comedy, you know. It's a the dark movie. world was told because think about it all right the dark world and gardens of the galaxy like i said before had the exact same stipulation yep you can be removed from the mcu Mm -hmm. like you don't have to involve anyone else you only have to include this space rock Mm -hmm. and then they were like okay gardens of the galaxy took that and ran with (laughs) it Thor: the dark world took that and crashed into the side of a mountain exactly it's just so weird to see how these two movies who had, that had very similar setups and had so much going for them in terms of interesting places and things to explore. Well, exactly. And I think Guardians was the biggest surprise. Yeah. Like, I remember hearing, I saw, I saw the poster before I saw a trailer, and it just looked so stupid. Yeah. I was like, so what, it's Star Wars? But then you see the movie, and it's just charming and funny. There's, and there's semen jokes. Yeah. And... <laughs> And every pretty That's much every first in the, in every the character is like universe. memorable in and some exactly. way. The humor like, wasn't forced. No, the humor was so natural yeah. for the most part. 
I don't know. I, 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 there are a couple parts where I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Specifically, Chris Pratt, I think, is kind of... He was a little... Much, I thought Chris Pratt's humor was kind of just what he is, honestly. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is like one of my favorite... Or this is the only Chris Pratt movie that I really like. I don't like him in anything else. I like him in Parks and Rec, but... Oh, no, I like him in Parks and Rec. I'm talking, like... I like him in movie. Main guy in in movie. Oh, main character? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. he he sucked in Jurassic World. But... Because he wouldn't want to be in Jurassic World. He's like, I gotta deal with Marvel. I gotta go film in Fanny They're getting $20 million a word, I say. (laughs) A lot of people complain that the villain is weak, which... Perhaps, but he's so funny to watch. Yeah. What are you doing? (laughs) You were the one who transmitted the message. I love Lee Pace in this role with this blue face and the bug eyes and everything. I don't think he's weak. I don't think he's weak at all. I think... Because he has a really strong will. He said, screw you to Thanos. And Thanos has done nothing but sit in a chair and be menacing and everyone is scared of him. And put on a glove. Yeah. Yeah, fine. I guess I have to do this alone in five years. (laughs) (laughs) With an army of people behind. Not really alone, also. (laughs) My favorite part of this movie is uh, when, you know, the... The, what is it? The Nova Corps? When they're yeah. when, so they got their big their shield up, and then all the and then the Ravagers come in and they're saving the day, and then Yandu ship crashes and he does that whistle thing. <laughs> oh man, that that killed me in theaters. That was the best scene in the movie. Well, I don't think anyone's one hundred percent a dick, man. <laughs> John C. Riley was great. John C. Riley. So as you can tell, we're very positive on Guardians. I'd put it probably yeah. in my top five. Uh, I think it's really solid. Deserves put it all at two. I'd put it at two. Yeah. Guardians is my number one. And we've we've come to it. It's we're it's we're closing in on the finish. Let's talk about the Avengers Age of no, Ultron. This is when every this is when I started to get tired of. Yeah, as did a lot of people. Because this is when they 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 made me wait for this movie. I was so excited for this movie. I thought this movie was going to be dark. Yeah, like gritty. Right. James Spader looked aw- like he sounded awesome. Mm-hmm. It, I was just so excited. Yeah, the way they built it in the trailers. There are no strings uh-huh. on. Me. It's like, the, the like fact really that they scary. Use a children's musical mm-hmm. is amazing. Like I get goosebumps Pinocchio. every time I watch that trailer. Mm-hmm. Even now, never happened in the movie. What's once. really irritating about this is that Ultron is created. He's this really scary, like damaged Iron Man suit and everything, and then. The twins go and see him, and he's just really menacing. And then, on a dime, he becomes this silly, mm-hmm. silly oh, character. Yeah, that, I, I know what part you're talking. He gets confused about words. About right? what the word for baby? Yeah, oh, you know, yeah. children or child. Children. Or yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and it's. Just, it's. Just, I think a lot of this. They, this was very funny, though. <laughs> I will give them that. Occasionally, I think they're the standalone movies and spinoffs. I think if they if Marvel wants to do their formula, fine. But I think for the Avengers team up movies, they shouldn't be doing a formula. And it it goes through all the same beats. Yeah, and like like Ultron is basically like he's he's another one off villain with another faceless army that's really easy to take out, and it's ridiculous that you know it's it. It doesn't. They. It didn't seem to have a lot of effort put behind this. Like they just really wanted to set up Vision, and that was it. Perhaps. Yeah, I well, mean, I, I disagree about the effort thing. I think there's a ton of effort. Too much effort, in fact. I think by by having more in this movie, because this movie is so 
packed. Oh, it's, it's dense. Of it's stuff. a dense one. It's so dense, and this like it's the it's one of the things that makes me maybe a little frightened for Infinity War. I'm like, they had like nine Avengers in this. Mm-hmm. They've got like forty of them. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, what I'm hoping for Infinity War is that they do the same thing the first one did, which is focus just on spectacle, which is looking like they're going to do. But I digress. To be fair, Phase Two was a lot shorter than Phase. One was, and especially with those character-driven things, they didn't have a lot of time to develop a whole lot of these characters. Yeah, really, the biggest development in this movie is the the love thing with um, uh, Scarlett Johansson and what's his face, Mark Ruffalo, and Hawkeye, too. Oh yeah, they, oh that's, that's right. He yeah. we got a little backstory. Which is, he was awesome. Great. I love that. Hulk I love that. He was that like, was wonderful because it was such a it was such a good um, way to go back to the fans who were like, why is Hawkeye yeah. a thing? You know why? You know if it is a thing, make him do something more. And, and it's and, like, well, he doesn't want to do something. This is just his weekday job. Yeah, it really nine to five job. They really could have just kind of thrown him a bone and yeah. gave him some kind of BS, something cool to do. But this felt. Real. real, yeah. I love how they handle Hawkeye. How he just feels kind of overwhelmed by this. Like yeah. I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just a guy. With Wait, the when he's talking to Scarlet Witch and the, and he's just shooting arrows out of the cabin, and yeah. he's just like, I just, I just shoot bow. None of this makes sense. I'm doing. I this. shoot bow. I shoot arrows. There's robots. Yeah. You have mind. They're on a floating city. Yeah. I'm doing this because it's my job. I think that's all really nice. Yeah, it is. Um, Twin sucked. A lot of yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't mind Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver. Scarlet was Witch is fine. I mean, I, I already Scarlet, yelled I would, about my speedster. I would like yeah. Scarlet Witch more if she had a consistent accent, like it's like Elizabeth Olsen picking an accent. Yeah, yeah, it's it's irritating. Um, I'll allow her. I'll allow it. Like I'll I mean, she's good. She, she gets better in like Civil War and stuff. Yeah, but I think so. What did you guys think of um, Quicksilver's little death scene? Little it's death scene. So stupid. So stupid. I know why it they did it. doesn't make sense. I know sense. the real reason why. Because was, they didn't want to get confused with Xbox. Because they didn't yeah. own the rights, I'm yeah. pretty sure. And they yeah. lost the rights like during the filmmaking, mm-hmm. and then they were like, you can put out the film, but this... You can't be in anymore. And also, just looking ahead, can you imagine if Quicksilver was in Civil War during that scene where they're running at each other? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, boom! Yeah. That'd be a little... He would have had to start, like, from, like, uh, 200 yards back. Oh, you did not see that coming? Oh, oh, my God, I cringed every time Aaron Taylor Johnson spoke in that movie. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I was waiting yeah. for it. Which, you're in luck, because he doesn't talk a lot, but it's still irritating when it happens. Yeah, exactly. So, Age of Ultron, it's mostly another payoff. And you can tell that Joss Whedon is... So exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I this. feel bad for him. This is the work yeah. of an exhausted man who doesn't want to do this, but does it because it's his job. Mm-hmm. It's it's admirable, and I'm and, yeah. sympathetic for him. He's I, projecting through Hawkeye. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If people say that they like this movie, I, I understand it. Yeah. It's a fun movie. It's I fun. like it. I no, it. there's some parts in it that I could go without, but there's some parts in pretty much every movie that I could go uh-huh. without. Like if they just had Scarlet Witch instead of also Quicksilver, I'd be totally yeah. fine with it. I think it. T- touches on a lot of really cool ideas that don't get explored just because of the nature of the movie. It, it does not have time to explore them. Um, they're like the whole, uh, the whole just, just little discussions between the character. And I will say, I think there's more character in this movie than in the first Avengers movie. Honestly, I think they're less, they're less, they're not as archetypal as they and were. And they're not as awkward around each other also as I mean, actors. Like, because they spent a lot of time together at that point. Yeah. I think they kind of got Captain America a bit wrong. Yeah. Because the whole language thing. <laughs> it, yeah, we get... 
Lots of easy jokes to make about, oh, he, Grandpa, he's from the 40s. Yeah, but come on, that was This forced. is really when the comedy started. Yeah, the, yeah and this really is when the comedy started. Awful. It's like, they're, they're I remember things. walking out of the theater, I mean, my friends were just like, oh, Elizabeth Wilson's anymore. like, what are you scared of? Andy Serkis is like, cuttlefish. Like, what? No. Yeah, they're, they're really, they're forcing the quips here, and it's not working. Yeah. Can we have one character that just doesn't make a single joke? So yeah. it's, you know, I think it's a lot... Even though it does follow the same beats, it has a lot of stuff in it, and I like sort of the team dynamic. You can tell they're more used to each other, and they're more they're working more cohesively as a team. And for that reason, when they're sort of separated and torn apart in the middle of this movie, I think it really works. The rest of the movie is so dense. Yeah. I think by being more, it's actually kind of less, which is really yeah. unfortunate because there's I think there's so much so much effort put into this, but yeah. it it's just sort of unable to double down on a lot of that effort. And a lot of it is honestly set up for civil war. And so for a lot of those reasons that we've been mentioning, age of Ultron nowadays is sort of despised. Honestly. A little bit, which I although, think is unfair. Although can we all agree that that scene where they're trying to lift Thor's hammer is awesome. And yeah. Oh, that's, that's the, a great scene. The, the that was Hemsworth makes when, when, when the cap moves a little cap, bit. Cap kind of budges it. I was like, that is amazing. Rack focuses it. Look I at, was dying. When, if you look at Hemsworth's it. face, it's the no, funniest thing it's ever. It's so funny. That was because I think that was only because. Let's be honest; these people were casted not because they were character actors, but because they are who they were casted as. Yes, like Chris Evans was big macho American man, and Robert Downey Jr. literally looked like and acted like Tony Stark already yeah. in real life. So, yeah. I mean, just them doing that. As like themselves, basically, yeah. Yeah, is so natural. Yeah, they still have great chemistry in this oh, movie. Yeah, like, I, I, I think it's the it's best like, that they've had. Uh, so, anyways, we've we've gone on and on about Age of Ultron. Overall, overall, not. I think not we all bad. we I all kind of like it. Uh, yeah. Ooh, Hulkbuster scene. Remember that? That was pretty cool. That's cool. That was cool. I love when the Hulk like is like turns around glaring at Tony. Tony's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, we can't forget that. Like, we, we, we rag on this movie, but there are moments. There, there are, are moments. No, it's, it's, it's Honestly, it's just up until the end. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But even yeah. at the end, but I mean, like, the very end, right up until, like, when Quicksilver dies is when mm-hmm. that movie really is. Yeah. It's a very slickly produced movie. Yes, slick. Perfect. That, that sort of falls short in certain aspects. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, it's it just doesn't live up to perhaps the really high expectations. Yeah, I think that the company was just putting too much stuff on Joss Whedon. Yeah. And he just, he did his best. I think he did the best he did job better than anyone, anyone could do. For. I think he did the best job anyone could do. Yeah. Was, we, we thank you, Joss. Yes. Thank Good you. job. Thank yes, you for doing better than Justice League. That's right. <laughs> okay, we've gone on so long. So right. let's, let's, let's all give our conclusions on phase one and two. Uh, Jack, why don't you go first? Oh, yeah. Well, as I said before, it's really good ground rules for everything. It was really building up. I mean, they did a really good job. I would have never guessed that they would include the the Infinity Stones as early as they did. Because even for people who read comic books, those are always very far out there. (laughs) And they rarely ever show up in the comics, too. Interesting. So it it was just an interesting choice to already, to, like, include them within the first couple of movies of a couple of characters. Yeah. Yeah, so... Cool. Anthony? I like the first two phases. I like the first two phases more than phase three. Mm. Um, it's a bold statement. Yeah. Careful now. Yeah. <laughs> mostly well, just... Watch yourself. Mostly just because of um, my you know, my top three movies are Iron Man, Guardians, and Captain America 2. Mm. Um, 
And I think three loses phase three loses characters character traits, and two phase one and two really they you get to know these characters really well, and yeah. you know you're, you like people are scared to see Infinity War because of phase one and two because that's all of their favorite characters from phase one and two could yeah, die, yeah. and that that I think th- and that's really hard to pull off, and they really did a good job of building this world with these couple, first two phases. Awesome, Jason. Uh, so I'm a little confused on it because, like, I I only really like Iron Man from Phase One, mm. but I, I like a few movies in Phase Two. But Phase Two is kind of where it started to kind of lose me. Yeah. Even even though I liked Phase Two better than One, it just that's when it started to hit me where I was like, I just don't really care anymore. Yeah. Um. But I think overall, I they're fun. Yeah. I. I I, I've been rewatching some. I I think they're really great. Yeah, it, I still don't care. About, I still don't care about Thor too, though. But, <laughs> I, but, say, I still don't care about Quicksilver. Uh, I, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, like like I mentioned at the top of the show, I do tend to fixate on the characters, and I find that re- very uh, rewarding most of the time because I think the writers do too, and it's certainly very ambitious. And with anything this big and this ambitious, there's bound to be successes and failures. If if you like it, then you're in luck because there there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot to it and if you don't like it then it's it I, it's definitely obnoxious and i used to be a naysayer i used to be like oh i never i'll never watch another one again yeah. it's it's contagious it's yeah. just so it's so amazing to see so many people excited about yeah. this you know overall i think that it's really cool that we have this sort of long form franchise that is gotten so successful and I'm 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 happy for it. I think yeah. I'm glad that it exists. Uh, again, successes and failures, but hey, I think that's our show. This yeah. is Jack. Thank you for joining us. You're yes. welcome. You contributed a lot of valuable uh, uh, knowledge and stuff. Yeah, like my rant about speedsters. <laughs> yeah. had a, you had a lot of good things to say. I'm glad we had you on. Uh, next week, uh, you can look forward to Phase Three. We're talking about everything from Ant Man through Infinity War. Oh boy, it's it's <laughs> gonna be crazy. Uh, we're going to have Guy back on. If you listen to our uh, Movies to Watch with Family episode, uh, Guy's coming back on as a special guest to break down Phase 3 with us. Uh, if you want to hear that, got to go to our other feed. That's right. That one is going to be exclusive to... Oh, did we do this on purpose? To yes. our so feed. reel them in? We, yeah. We're reeling oh, them in. okay. Ho- Follow us over. Hopefully it works. Yes, just just look up on pretty much any podcast app you use. Just look up anyway. That's all I got. Uh and we're and even if you just look up Cinemaholics, I think we show up second. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we're easy to find. And we're also online at johnnegroni.com where you can uh, where you can comment, uh, give us your feedback. You can also email us uh, ataigpodcast at gmail.com, and that's all one word ataigpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, your you know your feedback, your questions. If we get enough, we're actually I didn't tell you guys this, but I'm thinking about doing like a fan mail episode. I think that'd be cool. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a- uh, so, if we, so if we get enough of those, that would be fun to do. And otherwise, um, thank you for listening. And that's all we got. I'm Sam. I'm Jack. I'm Anthony. I'm Jason. And we'll see you next time.